You're listening to the Counting Lights Podcast with Chris Dubinay and Dan Danzy. Counting Lights Podcast, where comedy and wrestling lock up. And we're back with the Counting Lights Podcast. <laughs> hey, we took a week off, y'all. I, I needed to, dude. <laughs> Monday, we had plans. Monday hit. <laughs> well, Monday you, uh, after Mania, and I couldn't walk. You, uh, you had. You you went to uh, WrestleMania Saturday night. <laughs> I went to God. I shouldn't have been doing it, this at thirty four. But it was Sunday morning. I did. You I hung did, out with the young kids. I did Thursday. Uh, no, I did Friday night SmackDown oh, Hall of Fame. Oh, that's right. You did the Hall of Fame, and then I did night one at WrestleMania, literally next to the stage. Wow! And then Sunday. I got invited to come back because my friend had an extra ticket. Oh, you did? I said no. You couldn't? No, I said no. Physically could not do it? No, I said no. <laughs> After what I saw Saturday night, I wasn't... Wasn't worth it, huh? I, the best thing about Saturday night was the last 45 minutes or the last 30 minutes. Okay, let's let's kind of let's kind of fill the folks in because we've been gone for a week. Um, uh, okay, so after we recorded the last episode... Uh, Will Smith smacked Chris Rock over yeah, what's being the, called uh, a, the, a joke. The, the slap heard around the world. Um, that was ridiculous, and uh, I don't want to. I don't want to spend too much time on that. But if you're just one of these people that's just like, uh, oh, Will was defending his wife. You're a fucking idiot. That's that's it. That's that's all. That's all that needs to be said. Uh, no comedian. I mean. If it was like a an Alec Baldwin joke, like it t- directed towards Alec Baldwin, like "Hey, you killed that girl" or something, <laughs> and Alec oh, Baldwin been done. and like Alec Baldwin got up and smacked him, like that would have more like like Alec leverage. would have used a closed fist. Yeah, no, but that would have had more baggage right. than what had happened to Chris Rock sure. with a GI Jane two joke. Well, um, you know, Alyssa, here's my view on it. I, you know, obviously, you saw what I. Uh, what I posted on your on your Facebook after you posted something. <laughs> it was let me tell you something. Comedians uh that didn't take themselves too seriously. That's... We put on a fucking concert that night. <laughs> I'm telling you. If you were a comedian, you had a wonderful night on Twitter and Facebook. Here's the deal. Everybody was putting everybody was so promoting like, you know, the violence and it's it's uh Here's my view on it: is that uh, that's what I said. Is to, you better you, comedians better start going to the gym because now it's okay to slap a comic. No, I don't think it's ever. I don't think this is gonna translate into like it happening at comedy. I don't think that's what's gonna. I think everybody saw it for what it was, and what it was was a guy in a very toxic marriage just fucking snapping and, and, and <laughs> completely he's emotionally and physically and mentally mm-hmm. like unstable yeah in my opinion and i'll be honest with you i don't think i can watch uh, a will smith movie anymore i mean it just i'll watch independence day i love independence well, day i'm at, uh, here's the thing i i think uh, uh the dude loves his wife and it's no no no, no. Okay, the dude ahead. loves his wife go ahead and you're going to get my opinion on this. Will Smith passionately and annoyingly, frustratingly, loves his wife. He has loved her since the day he met her. She, of course, ha- has loved Tupac. Um, but he loves her. And that feeling, and he knows that. He knows that feeling has not been 
what's the word? Uh, given back to him. Right. And he's doing all he can. You know, he put her up in a nice house. He's just got, you know, provided a nice family, provided for that family. And for whatever provided reason. Provided an assistant she can fuck. She she married him <laughs> as a career move. That's what it was. Oh, shit. And Will Smith is a nice, sensitive guy, and he's just fucking, you know. And until he... until Will Smith realizes that that's not good for him anymore, there's nothing you and I could say if we knew him. There's nothing his friends could say. So a G.I. Jane joke. I mean, he was laughing, and then what happened? She gave him an eye. That's right. You're right. And he you should, fucking... And I wouldn't be surprised if she leaned over and said, you going to put up with that? And he was like, oh, I got to make up for this, because that's how men men in toxic relationships are in, are like that. You know, and two, he had just, he's, he had just come off of uh, the movie that he made, he, that he got the Academy Award for, which was, he was playing the crazy father of the of, Williams of the Williams sisters. Sure. And, and and listen, I've been I've been reading a lot of Hollywood books lately, uh, uh biographies on people that uh, uh guys like uh um Cranston, uh Brian Cranston and uh Power Rangers. And, and you got to start on Power Rangers. It's it's uh I just I think it's it's um, you know these these Parts and movies are emotionally draining, and I don't think he had gotten over it yet. And plus, he's putting up with all that shit. Well, yeah, you know, then he's putting up with all that shit. And, and, the very and, public. Cheating. Listen, if I'd have been sitting there with my wife, and they would have made a crack about my wife, and I laughed about it, and she gave me the look, I'd have looked at her and said, "What? You're bald." <laughs> so am it's I. fucking it's funny. Cool, yeah. Here's the deal, too. You got to understand that, that like, I, I personally, I don't think Kid, uh, Chris Rock uh, ha, uh, knew she had he al- didn't, alopecia. He didn't. Uh, and, Chris Rock's brother, uh, to- is it Tony Rock? Tony. Tony yeah, yeah. Came out and said Chris had no idea. And uh, on top of that, listen, I started losing my hair about 15 or 16 years old. Sure. And really? Uh, yeah. God um, damn. And the. And, you know, male pattern baldness is just like, I don't know if you know what the medical term is, but it's fucking alopecia. Well, it's okay. fucking alopecia. No, no, no. Hold on. The medical term. Look it up. The Hold medical on. term for baldness but, is but, alopecia, bro. Yeah, but alopecia is a symptom of an underlying disease. Not necessarily. Okay. If, if I like my dad went to college for seven years. Okay. He's not a doctor, but he did. <laughs> he was there for seven years. I don't know what he did, but he was in the. I'll, phar- that, I'll let work out for him. Well, he was in the pharmaceutical industry for a long time, in the healthcare industry for a long time, and him and I talked about it. And my dad has stated that uh, alopecia—you just don't wake up with it one day. It is a symptom of many underlying diseases. Exactly, which is was exactly what male pattern baldness is. It's a it's a it's a uh, level of hormones in your body that are changing. So, yes. and uh, that uh, and you could have some underlying issues, which could be nutrition, or which is exactly what happens to middle aged guys. Sure, they're. Testosterone level is more okay. more I, anadrolic than I thought anabolic. You were, I thought you were trying to make it sound like you just woke up and your hair was no, okay. no. Okay. It's you know it's it's it is it's it's uh, and and a lot of guys that uh, have high levels of testosterone go bald early. 
and and it's not the an, it's not the anabolic side of, of testosterone that makes you go bald. It's the anadrolic side of testosterone that makes you go bald. The anadrolic side of test of testosterone is all the negative parts of testosterone. Gotcha. Is and, it life threatening? No. No. Okay. So does I mean, it cause you physical pain? No. Okay. Then, then I don't understand why Will Smith had to get up and smack Chris. And I think I don't know if it's that uh, he's pissed that his wife has male pattern baldness, or that uh, he's just pissed that she's still fucking other dudes. So one of the diseases alopecia is a symptom of is syphilis. <laughs> Do with that what you will, <laughs> and we'll move on from that point. No, uh, just you know, we. I think. I think. The, here's what bugged me about that whole thing, and I'm just going to go ahead. I'm going to make a statement, and then we're going to move on. Um, you know, I was talking about how comedians who didn't take themselves seriously were having a field day. Um, and this is to all young, aspiring comedians out there. When something like this happens, just make jokes. That's it. You're on social media. It's a new type of audience. Crack them out as much as you can. And there were some doozies. Oh, I hey, I had a whole Twitter concert. I was I had one of the most trending tweets on Twitter as far as on my Twitter's concerned. I had a good time. But there were some comics out there who wanted to take a moral stand to this. And you know, just admit you can't think of a fucking joke. Uh, <laughs> there were comedians going, oh, Will Smith defending his wife, and how dare you make fun of someone with alopecia? Look, when it comes between, like, I could understand. Male pattern baldness. It's not, no, but, like, it's not It's not just specifically with males, Chris. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. no, I guess it was. The, th- the thing about it is, if it's a school shooting, okay, don't make jokes. I mean, Or do, or do. It is, that is your discretion. But when it is celebrities doing something unprofessional and stupid and ridiculous and their egos getting carried away, we should all be just tweeting, posting as many jokes as we can think Some of. Some of the best TikToks I've seen. Sure. <laughs> right Some of the best memes. It, oh my god. It really brought uh it really brought some some comics and you know and, and online comics that don't even do stand up, you know, some mm-hmm. of these the you know, TikTok content uh, creators. Content, yeah. Okay, yeah, content creators. Uh, influencers. Yeah, is that what they call them? I don't know. Okay. I'm just throwing out words. And uh, I think uh, some fucking it made them think, man. Mm-hmm. There was some good shit on there. But there so. is, there were some comics that wanted to take themselves too seriously and and set this like, oh, look how moral I am. Look how righteous I am. Look, your job on social media is to take people away from the screens and to your stage, not away from your screens and to your fucking soapbox. Right. Make your fucking jokes and stop thinking you're some prolific fucking thinker. Just make jokes. Stop trying to take moral high grounds on everything and trying to push your fucking beliefs on people. Just make jokes. You're a comedian. It says it in your fucking Facebook profile. Make fucking jokes. That was one thing I was sick of. These people who say they're comedians not writing a joke about probably one of the funniest fucking incidents of all time. <laughs> but his wife. <laughs> but when is a joke too far? Fuck uh, off. Fuck you. Fuck off. Quit flicking your own bean or masturbating to your own shit. 
WrestleMania weekend. Okay, here we go. <laughs> How do yeah, I? Because you got let's let's just make a point here. You're like, you, it, when you stop being a comedian and you stop start having uh, moral views, now you're no longer longer a comic. You are a fucking politician. And and every look look and I'm tired of you know how most comedy beefs start. When, like, a comedian's being a bad person, and instead of them trying to, like, change their ways and probably become a better person, they get beef with someone who knows they're a bad person and tries to keep that person from telling everybody that they're a bad person. <laughs> it's always high. Hey, hey, don't tell the... Don't reveal that shit. Don't reveal that I scammed you out of money or that I hit you in the back of the room. Like, no, it's always, it's, it's always that. All comedians... Down to their root are selfish, uh, uh, grandizing, fucking egocentric people. Huge fucking egos and teeny tiny and none of us themes. None of us are perfect. No, I, I, but just stop it. Just make jokes. Anyways, let's get to wrestling. Let's get to wrestling. Um, so I had the pleasure of being invited. Uh, uh, Jay McClintock, friend of the show, had an extra ticket to SmackDown Hall of Fame. Very nice. This was the beginning of uh, WrestleMania the, uh, weekend. General manager of the uh, general manager of the, the Addison Improv. Addison Improv. Uh, we're actually going to uh, Rampage and Battle of the Belts two together mm. uh, next week, where we're going to see the AEW World Championship Good. defended. It's going to be fun. Good. It's tell it's him fun. To tell him to book me. I will. It's it's definitely it's fun when it's AEW when it's WWE. Okay, let's just get to this SmackDown. Uh, SmackDown. How was the SmackDown? It was very lame, sir. Uh, a guy with yellow suspenders won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Which we don't know who it is. Uh, his name is Madcap Moss, I think, but he wears yellow suspenders, and and that that to me right there was does a he, travesty. Does he look like a wrestler, or does he look like he looks uh, like a wrestler? Nah. He's just a wrestler in yellow suspenders and shorts. Gotcha. Um, what's funny about the Andre... Well, your opinion of what a wrestler looks like, in my opinion, or what a wrestler looks but like, I think, maybe is two I think things. we can both agree that yellow suspenders in 2020 is, is not a look. Well, not if that's your gimmick. Fair enough. So, the funny thing about the Andre Battle Royal, I could have sworn it was done on WrestleMania, but they hold so much respect for Andre sure. that they moved it to fucking SmackDown. Uh, <laughs> Friday fucking night, huh? Um... The biggest star to show up on SmackDown was Charlotte, and she cut a promo. Um, and it was just a really lackluster SmackDown. But it was all right. It was fine because the Hall of Fame was next. And I was there for the Steiners, Vader. Uh, uh, I was I was pumped. Everybody got about four to five minutes to come out and say something. Charmel got inducted for some reason. Who's that? Um, Booker T's wife. Oh, okay. She got inducted. <laughs> well, um, awesome. It was, it was, no, it was cool. It was cool. And I make jokes about Charmel, but she deserved to be in that class. It was a very esteemed class. And I was like, fuck yeah, cool. She's on it. Um, everybody got four to five minutes, 1030 hit. And I'm like, okay, Undertaker's going to come out here. Maybe four or five do, minutes. Maybe do 10, maybe <laughs> double it, you know? What, 45 minutes later? So here's what happened. <laughs> So Vince came to induct him and introduce him. And let me tell you something. Uh, I, I shit on Vince McMahon a lot in this in this podcast. But from where I was seated, they had like a prompter, right? And in the middle of Vince's speech, 
The prompter, like, shorted out, and the screen went to black. And Vince just ad-libbed. And, and if you go back and watch it, like, I went back and watched it, and I couldn't, I knew what You couldn't point. tell. You can't tell. And then He's it a came, professional. And then it came back on. And he was he a just, broadcaster at one point. Dude, it was the most amazing thing to see. So Undertaker comes out. Undertaker comes out wearing a headset microphone. And I was just like, oh boy, this isn't, this isn't going to be this, 10 minutes. Yeah. This motherfucker brought his own <laughs> setup. Jesus Christ. And what, see, what happens is... Was it just me or did he start to kind of look like a... Uh, uh, like a big church preacher that so that was my first thought i was literally about to say that it seemed less like a hall of fame induction speech and more that he was doing his demo reel for preaching a preacher special guest at churches so you know uh, and this wasn't the undertaker by the way this was mark calloway sure Right. Let's just throw that out there. He was so, not in character. Yeah, I knew Mark Calloway as Powerhouse when he first got in the business. Powerhouse. Powerhouse. Um, he had a crew cut, red hair. I could have gone with like 10 minutes of like, hey, here's everybody I want to thank. But now we're going, hey, let me tell you about my mental signature moves. I was like, oh, fuck, here we go. <laughs> I told I told Jay, I was like, he's going to fit in Jesus Christ somewhere in this. Did he? He did. Of course he did. He thanked Michelle McCool for introducing him to his savior, Jesus Christ. The the leader of the ministry of darkness. (laughs) Oh, my God. Gave Jesus a big thank you. So, you know, he's been doing these, uh, um, these, he's been going to these mega churches and doing. uh, Oh, it shows. uh, You know, kind of doing his little, um, uh, Anything can change speeches. Sure. And, uh, you know, he's done it for the Fellowship Church and he's done it for the Watermark and some of these large churches. And from what I see, he's getting good at it, but that worries the fuck out of me. Sure. Because, and it's. But he's just doing what Ted DiBiase Well, did. and it's really easy to do it. It's, it's really, really easy. easy money. Right. It's, it's re- easy and it's money. It's fucking money. And I know what these. Uh, Mega churches pay for these um, special event, uh, you know, speakers that sure. come in, and it's a shit ton of money. The only one that I know of, and I'm not talking like ten grand. I'm no, talking no, no. like it's, a shit ton of fucking money. But you know who does it for like, depending on the travel, you know who does it for a fair price? Sting. That's why Sting is a genuine dude. Jesus Christ. Sting is a genuine guy, and he would have beaten Undertaker. <laughs> No, so this guy had us there for nearly an hour. An hour? We got out of there at 11.34. Here's an interesting thing that my buddy Jay told me because he knows uh, he knows people at the uh, American Airlines Center. To rent out the building at American Airlines Center. So when you rent it out, you have a little time slot and you throw your money down, right? Right. You go min- any time after that. It's it's OT. It's called it's ten, overtime. Yeah, it's ten thousand bucks a minute because the guys who load the trucks and the guys who are running the equipment mostly are uh, still to this day that run large events like that are uh, part of the Teamsters. Sure. 
and so they have a, you have to be, you have a hard out usually at eleven o'clock. Yeah, eleven o'clock is usually your hard out. Yeah. If you're not out of the building by eleven o'clock, or or at least closing up the building yeah. at eleven o'clock, you got to pay overtime. You got to pay overtime. So the overtime fee for when that Hall of Fame speech ended was going to be three hundred and forty thousand dollars. Jesus Christ, three hundred and forty thousand dollars for me to hear. I never heard Mick Foley's name, and that pissed me off. He thanked everybody but Mick Foley. Now, I understand the Hell in the Cell match is probably like Mick Foley's most famous match rather than it is Undertaker. Right, right. But yeah, that's that match... True. That's true. That match did put relevance on Undertaker's career at that time. Like, that match made Undertaker look like an like a like a badass he, too. That I would say that that is the match that turned him from uh the Undertaker into the Phenom. Sure, yeah. You know, that's that's definitely the one that changed his career as and, and listen, I've wrestled Mick and I was in the ring with Mick. Mick's a nice guy and I've, you know, spent Let's get time, him on the pot. Spent time with uh, Mick in the back at WWE shows and then he's, you know, He's a sweet guy, but seems like a goofball too. Oh, well, you know, a little bit. We can all see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, does his own kind of uh, sort of stand-up shows at, at uh, comedy clubs and in uh, rock clubs across the nation. But um, he he is never. He will tell you he has never been what people would call an athlete. Sure, like uh, you know, he did a little bit of. Uh, um, uh, high school wrestling, but was never, you, you can see, like, he, he, it was, the joke was, you know, he had no muscle in his body. I mean, know, yeah, was, no, his, his, whole, his whole career was taking the bumps that nobody else right. could take, you know, like Terry and that's what, yeah. him. And that's what got him noticed, and that's yeah. what made him, uh, that's what uh, made Jim Ross so high on him. Mm -hmm. and, but, uh, but, but as far as um, making a, a uh, character like The Undertaker, which was, which went over from the first fucking time he walked out of the back back room into the arena mm -hmm. as the that Undertaker character. But that was, I really think that was the match that turned the corner of making him a real kind of, uh, kind of a Hulk Hogan type, yeah. you know, that level of a star. Yeah. Yeah. So for him not to think Mick Foley was weird. But I think Mick Foley is being blackballed because after Danielson and Adam Cole debuted in AEW, Mick Foley made that video saying WWE's in trouble. I think ever since then, it's like, hey, don't mention Mick Foley on TV right, ever yeah. again. You're, pro you're but, probably right. You're probably, you know, Vince has a uh, kind of tends to be, uh, you know, he doesn't kind of forgive until. And until forgiving until, can make him money. And we will get to that because night one of WrestleMania, I get I, I, I got a good deal. That's the only reason I went. I got an eight hundred dollar ticket for three hundred bucks on the floor of WrestleMania, right next to the ramp and stage. It would have been my fourth WrestleMania. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan went by himself. I went by myself. Well, I mean, if I had gotten another ticket, it would have cost me over fifteen hundred. Right. So I was either take this one ticket for three hundred, sure. or take their packages. Didn't make sense. And Misty was busy, so it was just like, okay, well, I'm going to get this ticket because fourth WrestleMania will be the best seat I've ever had at a WrestleMania. 
Why the fuck not? Saturday night uh, WrestleMania event. Uh, AT and T Stadium. Yes, seventy seven thousand. It's a beautiful. Have you had you been to that stadium before? I've been to the stadium before yeah. for football it's games. Beautiful. I've never been on the on the on the on the field on the floor on yeah. the floor. Um, that so the best parts of WrestleMania for me were not what took place in the ring. The best, one of the best parts was just walking in there, sitting down, and looking up at everything. That taking, was really taking cool. Taking in the atmosphere, Taking if you will. it all in. Watching people file, and then we were all packed in there, just like look, looking around like, holy shit. Like feeling like the stadium's about to blow. That was cool. Um, so how do, we, how do we start this? So the first match had, got cut short because somebody buckled their knee. First match right off the bat, I was wow. like, "Here we go, just, just have every okay." So <laughs> <laughs> the working so, days are gone. Huh? And I'm right next to the stage, and what I didn't know, one, I forgot about the pyro. There's so much pyro. Wrestler farts, pyro. That's, and it was loud. It wasn't too loud. It was. It was like, oh. Okay. And you get the if you're on the floor, you get the aftermath of the pyro, which right? I did not know. I did not know that ashes. I, did. I didn't know ashes rained down among you, like Sodom and Gomorrah. And, it, <laughs> and that's what. That's what. So every time, every time there was a, I put a hood you're on. Like holy shit, not again. Um, so I guess during Drew McIntyre, there's nothing really to talk about on night one. There's really, oh, well, okay. So, well, let's get to this story because it's, it's a fun story. So my, I had a special concession restroom area. Right. It was the DraftKings lounge. Yeah, the Draft, yeah. Which if you're watching an NFL game and the Cowboys are playing, the DraftKings lounge is where those fans that spend top dollar get to hang out and then they watch the team come to the field from the locker room. Right, right. It's right there next to the locker room. So I'm using this bathroom throughout the day and I'm seeing a lot of WWE crew guys go in and out of that locker room and I don't think anything of it. I'm like, oh, that's just the crew area. That's sure, not, right. you know. So during Drew McIntyre and uh, Baron Corbin... <laughs> What a terrible fucking booking that sounds, was. Sounds like, a, sounds like a bathroom break time. Yeah, it was. Time for bathroom break. It might have been the Logan Paul match. I, I went to the bathroom. Logan Paul and The Miz versus Rey Mysterio and his Actu- awkwardly built son, yeah. Dominic. Ooh, huh. that poor kid. Have you seen the way that kid's built? That, that poor kid. <laughs> built like a chemistry teacher. I'd <laughs> touch your toes, would you? If I could do some strength, yeah. Right. Anyways. I, I don't remember which match. So I go the, the Ray Mysterio's skinny fat son. Yes, it's fucking weird. Isn't it is it? weird. I'm glad uh, I'm not the only no, one. No, no, I noticed it right off the bat. So I forget if I'm going to the bathroom or to get a diet Dr Pepper. I don't know. I'm just gonna go explore. As I'm walking in, there's these doors you have to open, and I open the door and I look up, and right when I'm looking up, there's Jeff Jarrett looking up, and we just look at each Make other, eye contact with for him for like ten seconds. And he's like, he immediately, like, not immediately. It took him a couple seconds to place me, but it was like, you know, when someone has seen you before. Okay. Like, hey. And they're like, uh, 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 like, you know, like that Spider Man meme of all those Spider Man pointing at each right, other. Right, right. And then we just started laughing and like embraced each other and shit. And uh, before we could even get a conversation, there was some guy behind me, Double J, can yeah. I get a picture? And Marking that's, out. that's when Jeff, like, I could see it in his face. I got to go. He was like, oh, shit. 
I'm in the wild. <laughs> right. Like, oh, crap. People are going to recognize me. And I'm stuck with the marks. So I don't know if Jeff could hear me. I was like, Jeff, go take care of that. Get where you need to be. It's good seeing you, dude. It's uh, fancy seeing you here. And he was like, oh, it's good seeing you. And then we just, but that was like my WrestleMania moment. So I got, I got to tell you, when you told me this story, I it made it made me so happy because you know, the I don't know how long we've been doing this, almost two years, yeah. something like that. Um, and uh, listen, it, it's tough to get, kind of get get a podcast off the ground. And, and uh, and you know, when you and I kind of started, uh, when, I, when we had the idea to put this podcast together and batting it back and forth, and then you got involved in uh, coming to the, some of the wrestling shows. And it gives me such joy for you to actually have that experience to know a Hall of Fame WWE and star, and dude, he recognizes you, and and you're part kind of part of the boys, dude. You know? I didn't think we would ever. No, I didn't think in a million years, and I have you to thank for all this. I didn't think in a million years we'd ever get to that point at a podcast where, yeah, WWE Hall of Fame or TNA founder. Guy, I grew up watching a, a real juggernaut as far as the business side yeah. of wrestling. Never thought in a million years we would embrace in a oh hey how you doing? What a small world was type of fucking situation. Born into Memphis wrestling sure. because of his father and his grandmother. Yeah, and uh, it's and Jeff's super nice guy. Yeah, know, so. and then he probably saw that I was on the floor and was just like ah oh, he's not some usual right, work, right. you know oh he's got money. I am wearing my nice Jordans at this point. I did look good. I did dress up Do very well. Do you think that Double J noticed your shoes? No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just playing around. Right. But uh, no, he knew he was in the wild. He, he it's like, oh, getting like, like no, he, I, I know that feeling. He no, but see, I took him off that feeling because it was someone sure. he knew. Right. You're like, hey, and like, oh, I just wish that guy hadn't said anything. Because I sit down in my seat, and the first thing I say is, no one's going to believe me. <laughs> no one's going it to believe me. It is the me. honest to God truth. I'm going to text Chris, and he's going to say bullshit, and you were like, oh, dude, that's awesome. You yeah. immediately believed me, because you knew it was well, yeah, so specific. Yeah, it's like that you... I couldn't fucking... It's, it's like, it's one of the things that you kind of strive for, it, and... and Here's the, here's the difference. You know, when you've been in the business for so long, I mean, I was 21 years old and I got mm-hmm. in the wrestling business. And it takes a while to get accepted as one of the boys. Sure. But once you're one of the boys, then everybody just uh, just feels like you're, it's like, you know, you might as well be the chair that is sitting in the locker room because you're just part of the atmosphere. You're part of the furniture. You're part of the, you're everybody is, nobody marks out on anybody else. Yeah. And of course, when I got in the business, there wasn't the phones Mm -hmm. and nobody carried cameras because if you got caught even with a disposable camera taking pictures in the locker room, they're going to go fuck yourself. Yeah, you're gone. And uh, so, which one of the reasons I don't have any fucking pictures Mm-hmm. You know, from the good old days of being, you know, working with WWF. Yeah, someone who worked for the company had Yeah, to if they wanted the it, yeah. yeah. So if you had a professional uh, photographer, and there were some, you know, around. But fuck, it, when I was doing jobs, nobody's taking pictures of me. Yeah, yeah. Get out of the shot, Jabber. Could you step out of the way, Jabber? <laughs> So, uh, but it's, it's that, it's that feeling. And you know what? Here's the funny thing is that, uh, 
when you get away from the business, you start to think nobody fucking gives a shit about you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the reasons that I didn't go and spend time around a bunch of the boys during WrestleMania weekend, when WrestleMania is in Dallas, to me, I really literally want to hide in my house because it's like, yeah, I could go, but then not only do I get to be around the boys, I got to be around the marks. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And when guys are flying in from fucking uh, England and Japan and fucking all over Europe to come to this event, it's like not only are you around the regular marks, you're around fucking super, super marks. marks. Yeah. And uh, and it's that it's that feeling. I got invited to go to the WrestleCon at the Fairmont Hotel. But, I why didn't you say yet? We could have gone just, and I'm, done the podcast. No, it's like, you know, I wasn't, you know, uh, it's like people were like, hey, everybody's at the... At the WrestleCon. At the WrestleCon. Let's go and, hang out. Uh, but it's like, man, do I want to put forth the effort? And it's that, uh, that same feeling of, you know what, am I really worthy to sure. go and hang out with all the boys? You know what I'm saying? And there were tons of guys that I'd wrestled all over the country. You know, I mean, One Man Gang was there, and Rod Price was there. I would have Gary loved Young to have was been there. there. I would have and, loved to have been there. And, you know, Jeff was there. You didn't and, fucking say anything to me about it, this. I just, you know, we had, pl but we had already had plans to go to That's all true. the events. We had the Texas Legends At uh, the Texas Legends. That got and canceled. And that got canceled. And so when that got canceled, it was almost a relief. I mean, I wouldn't. You. I wouldn't have gone to WrestleMania had that uh, had that but, not, uh, had that yeah. not been canceled. But you know, listen, I think it's fucking great. And let's. I hope that we build so many people coming on this podcast, and we create a relationship. I mean, the guys that we've had on the podcast alone: Kevin Sullivan, Terry, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, 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 fucking Teddy Long, Teddy Mark Long, Henry, Mark Henry, uh, um, fucking Black Bart was Black there. Bart. The, uh, just, you know, just the, the great names that we've had on the podcast just so far. And we're not really even off the ground yet, Dan. Mm -hmm. You know we're what I'm saying? We're in my fucking kitchen. <laughs> right, yeah. So, what was in my head, I was like, man, if that fan doesn't say anything, Jeff Jarrett gets me a lanyard. I get to go backstage. <laughs> right. I hey, get hey, hired as a writer. Hey, Jeff, where are we going? Yeah, yeah, No, I wouldn't have. Let I me buy you a drink. No, no, no. The... But what was crazy is in that environment, immediately when I saw Jeff Jarrett drop the fandom, just right. drop and do what you do at wrestling shows, Dan, just drop that shit. Like it's cool when you're in your seat and know it and you're, you're, you know, that's the show. Sure. But it's just like that's what you've taught me being around wrestlers. As soon as Jeff Jarrett came with an. See, the, the, well, like, this is oh, what, what this, this is what have been great. This, this is what, what would have been great. Is if when you and you and Jeff saw each other and you guys gave each other a hug, and the guy goes, uh, "Hey, Double J, can I get a picture?" And if you'd have looked at him and gone, "These fucking marks," <laughs> I should have. <laughs> so fucking loud in there. <laughs> These fucking marks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was my big. That That's was my awesome. big highlight. That's awesome, Dan. Cool. That was my big highlight because he had been on the podcast. He recognized my face, which I have a very recognizable face. If you don't know my face, I think people like see it in the promotional shit we do, and I'm always wearing sunglasses. Sure, right. But I got the eyes of a koala. It's very, 
<laughs> it's very hard not to recognize me. Um, or another marsupial. Or man. just any marsupial. Open a book. <laughs> Point. There I am. Could um, be a possum. We're not sure. It does matter. Um, so I'll, I'll do two more highlights. One highlight was the Seth Rollins versus a mystery opponent match. That mystery opponent being Cody Rhodes. Um, Cody Rhodes came out with the same song, same entrance from AEW. Um, same gimmick, dressed like uh, same gimmick, that, uh, the American Nightmare. Yeah, the uh, dressed like the the guy from the boys. The, I kind of I, Homelander. Yeah. I kind of had like I was kind of iffy on it. Um, the match was good, uh, and then this is the point where I got pissed when he kissed the ring at the end of the match. Cody ended up winning. And he kissed the ring. And I wish I meant that figuratively, but I mean it literally and figuratively. Right. And this is what pisses me off. All right. People are saying, don't, you know, don't be mad at Cody. Uh, Cody didn't sell out. Well, I don't I don't know what the definition of sellout is then, Chris. <laughs> okay. Because no, no, no. Because I could have sworn. I could have sworn four years ago. I had to hear podcast after podcast. Maybe it was even while we were doing this podcast. It might not have been four years ago. It might have been more reason. I had to listen to how they treated him. We, we, we started the podcast right after AEW really got off the okay, ground. Okay, okay. So. so I had to listen to podcast after podcast, interview after interview with this guy, with this dude, talking about how WWE treated him so terribly. Here's one quote I remember. Every time they did the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, it felt like I was burying my dad again. I had to listen to him cry, literally be in tears, after every fucking interview, every podcast. And let's not forget that he started the tribalistic fandom between AEW and WWE with all the shit talk, with all the references to Triple H, the sledgehammer to the throne on the very first AEW pay-per-view, and then the hinted shots at WWE throughout all the dynamites, throughout all the rampages. There's always a little shot here and there from his mouth or someone else's mouth. And now, oh, they paid me $2 million. It's all cool. Here's my Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania promo. Let's get my dad up on the Jumbotron and let me cry a little bit again. He's a total fucking sellout. Don't get me wrong. I'm happy that he's getting everything that he wanted, but he's a fucking sellout. But it doesn't matter. He was like the 15th person, 15th <laughs> best person on the AEW roster, let's be honest. Well, I'll, uh, here's my opinion. Um, when it comes to, and I'm, I'm plagued with this, I'm plagued with always looking for the next thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like I am plagued with always wanting to improve. Um, I'm plagued with, you know, waking up and, uh, in the middle of my slumber, wondering what I've forgotten to take care of. Sure. Because if I'm not, I feel, and I wish I didn't feel, and there was times I didn't feel like this in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. When I was happy just to be uh, me and just to, I mean, get up, fucking mow your lawn and fucking make your lawn look nice and Dude, take I care of my it. house. Can and, I, can I, I, well, I love mowing my here, lawn too. It, 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 and it's, <laughs> but as, you know, there are things that I know one day there's times when I'm not going to be able to do anything. 
I'm not going to have the ability to um, to keep pursuing things on a uh, competitive basis. Sure. You know, just like we've had this discussion, like I'm – the, as far as wrestling goes, I am that. You got one more match I've left in them. Put it behind me, and I can do. Listen, I'm, I, I'm, you know, I've thought about trying to get back in shape and try and, you know, do a little something, but it, and, and challenge my body the way I have in the past. But it's it, like I'm constantly plagued about how, what have I, what what did I need to take care of today that I didn't get taken care of? Okay, and um. And you're always wanting to improve, and I think it's I think it's something that Cody deals with with a, on a daily basis because he has he had he has such huge shoes to fill, and you know Dustin did too, and you know that's one of the reasons he stepped away and did the gold dust thing is because he wanted to get out of the shadow of his dad, and and I think that. Um, I think that, you know, Dusty was a big component of why are you doing this if you don't want to be the world champion? Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like he, like, it's like Diamond Dallas Page has talked about it several times. Why are you doing this if you don't want to be the best? Mm -hmm. And I think for Cody, I think he had done what he wanted to do in, uh, in AEW. And I think that he was one of the, uh, people that brought that brought that to the point where they are now. I think he's directly responsible for a lot of that. Yes and no. Well, if he hadn't have been doing the things that he was doing before AEW came together, like the big shows in Chicago and so and the big show in Chicago, Cody did help out a lot. But the big show in the in Chicago was first brought up by the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks were the creators that Cody jumped and he in was, on it. Yeah, and he made was it involved. Happen. He was involved, and I think I think. Uh, but but and, and and this goes back to my point of the start of the tribalism. Everyone was happy for that show before it was deemed AEW. Everybody was happy to see that happen, even WWE fans. It was when Cody uh, uh, made made this division. Division between fans with the Triple H references and the Vince references throughout AEW. I I agree with you to an extent, but Cody did what CM Punk did, just in a lighter nature, in a way that WWE couldn't sue him. He left WWE like CM Punk did. So could you like let's let's reverse it. If CM Punk went back, let's just say on Monday Night Raw. What would you think? Would you think sellout? If he, if he, it was revealed he signed like a $3 million big money contract, came back and was just like, oh, you know, didn't even mention anything that he said. Now, it's, see, it's not fair for me to make those judgments. And the reason being is because I've been in the business. Sure. And the business was always you take the, you take the biggest payday. Okay. And, you, and what I think what Cody was really looking for was that – he probably thought that phone call was never going to come. Okay. Because he, the way he left WWE and the things that he did to uh, make a division between WWE and AEW. And so I thought he, I, th- I really, th- I think that he thought that phone call would never come. No, and, no, no. And, 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 and when it did, I think he, he felt like he was justified. Look, look, what I'm saying is. I don't think the intentions of him 
starting like helping start AEW and, and and doing that run. I don't think the intent was to make AEW better. I think that was just collateral. I think the intent was to get the phone call back. I think that's what the intent was. I don't, I don't think initially to, for a higher contract, no more stardust. Well, I, I think that what he really wanted and the reason that he left in the first place was that he wanted to do what he wanted to do creatively. Sure. And when that phone call comes and it's big money, mm-hmm. and you don't turn down big money in no, the wrestling you don't, business, you don't. And, and because there's going to be one day, and yeah, that's just coming it. from the fucking horse's mouth. There's going to be one day you can't do it anymore. Sure. And I think that when they, that I'm sure in the contract that he is directly involved in his creative storyline. I'm sure. And but I, I also think in two months we're going to see him in polka dots being stardust again. That's what I think. Um, well, if that's the case, then he's a sellout. <laughs> okay, then if, I'm okay. then I'm with you. Then okay. he's definitely a sellout. So we're just going to wait until. So we'll wait if he's in polka dots or doing the stardust okay. gimmick. Then okay. we'll agree he's I just sold thought, out. One, I thought it was shitty that his entrance was just like AEW. I hated that, and then kissing the ring. And you know what? I don't care if you leave WWE. Just remember what everything you say in a podcast and in an interview. Because three years later when I'm seeing you doing the exact same shit you said on a podcast that you hated, which was burying your father again. Right. That's that's that was my that was my biggest peeve well, about it. You know, only time will tell, man. As only far as- time will tell. I don't think he beats Roman Reigns or anything. I mean, I don't everybody's saying, Oh, Cody's gonna be champ in twenty twenty two. You guys got to remember, like, everybody's happy for Cody, like, now. And everybody was happy for Cody in the beginning of AEW. But what did his AEW run turn into? Everyone wanting him to turn heel. And then he didn't do it, and he left. Because he didn't want to turn heel. And I think that uh, I think that what we've seen from Cody as far as his uh, pursuing other uh, aspects of the entertainment industry as far as the... Uh, I don't. I don't know if it was successful or not. His, that's uh, another thing. He had the Go Big the, Show. Well, the Go Big Show. I mean, I think that's probably is that, that still going? Does that still? Yeah, go it's, on? it's still going. But and then he had. In this, fact, they just kind of they just uh, they just wrapped up their uh, last season not too long ago. And and, and then you had the uh, then, the documentary going about his marriage. Yeah, was it a documentary? What was it? Was Roads it more of a? Top. Was it more of a? Uh, uh, I mean, it was a definitely more of a reality show. You know? Re- yeah. 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 More of a reality show. More of a reality and, show. And I think that's... Uh, but that's that's off the table he, now, because that was produced by AEW. He, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know, and I, I don't think that he is... Uh, I think he's just trying to get his name out there as much as he possibly can. And getting, I think he wants the um, entertainment industry to notice him. Sure. And, um the the best way to get noticed in the entertainment industry is to be on the most uh, uh, revered platform you possibly can, and that's well, you know that's that fucking tat- Titan Sports. Get that neck tattoo removed. Oh, that, okay. I think that's horrible. That ugly neck tattoo. Horrible. Just get that removed if you want to be a Marvel horrible hero. Um, okay, so let's let's move on from Cody Rhodes because I'm going to catch a lot of heat for how I feel, but. Like I said, you know, you do podcasts and you do interviews after you release crying crocodile tears about shit. 
It's gonna. I'm gonna remember it. It's gonna piss well, me off. Well, time will tell. Let's see which direction time it goes, and I th- I'm sure we're gonna have more conversations on this podcast about it. Now let's get to the main. Well, let's get let's get to uh, to Charlotte and and Rhonda. Because uh, that was the first main event of the evening. If you want to go by, like, actually... I would call it the second main event. The sanctioned match <laughs> of the evening. It was sanctioned. The sub, sub, the planned sub, sub match. par main event. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what. I don't know why Ronda exists in in the wrestling world. I'm sorry. I gave her a chance when she first started, but I, I see no improvement. I'll, I'll agree with you. Charlotte carried that match. Of course she did. And I'm just. I'm tired of Ronda. I really am. We're giving her two good slots in WrestleMania. Meanwhile, Finn Balor and Ricochet, the Intercontinental Champion and the United States Champion, don't have matches at WrestleMania. But Ronda Rousey. Johnny Knoxville and Logan Paul do, <laughs> and 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 you know whatever gets viewership, right? And, and I'm actually about to praise Johnny Knoxville, and you know a little bit of Logan Paul. Yeah, actually, Logan Paul got a lot of heat for doing that Eddie Guerrero spot, and I was and I love a good a good heat moment. And I love it. Let me let me just say this: I'll tell you, the, these Paul kids are fucking goddamn good athletes. They're great athletes, douchebag human beings. But yes, I'll but agree with that they're, too. But they're yeah. good athletes, yeah. and he did this Eddie Guerrero spot that got all sorts of booze, and I was like, "That's okay, good fucking can, heat, bro." I can fucks with yeah. you. And then the Miz turned on him at the end of the match, and I was like, "That's good." But we get to Charlotte and 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 Charlotte and Ronda, and, and I, I just I I haven't seen anything. Would you would you call it a clusterfuck? I wouldn't call it a clusterfuck in that. Would you call it the drizzling shits? I wouldn't. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing about Ronda matches. It's not like there's botching. There's no botching. It's just really bland, stale. And it's like they're trying to hide the fact that she's not experienced. Guess what? That's what they're doing. And But, but yeah, that's, that's what, exactly it's, what it's they're doing. It's clear as day that that's what they do. And it's just her star power. I mean, would you even call it star power? Because no one cares. No one cares. Yeah, that's why she wasn't the main event main event. And I heard that she was pissed because uh, she wasn't the final match and Stone Cold was. Um, so I can, I can actually refute that. She wasn't pissed. She just didn't know. She just didn't know that she wasn't the main attraction. So that is, uh, I'll tell you, that is a tactic of uh, Vince McMahon. What? Well, no, she said on like a Howard Stern or some interview that, or I guess on the Today Show, one of these mainstream uh, things that she was the main event. She just didn't know. Not that she was pissed. She just didn't know. I'm sure as big of a wrestling fan. I'm telling you she was pissed. No, no, no. Because, I mean, I've never, I haven't read anywhere any statement from her, so we can't really just say that. And there have been Dan. It's our podcast. We can say whatever the fuck we want. I don't. But here's the thing: if I, if I look, I dislike Rhonda. But if I say something that's not true, sure, then that just makes that me we look don't like know. an asshole. Yeah, okay, right. You know what I mean? No. So, so you can take my dislike for Rhonda in a genuine sense, but I'm also fair, and I'm being fair right now. I don't think she was pissed. I don't think she knew. Like that's that's evident. But pissed. I don't know. Yeah, see, you don't know the run sheet until you get there. I mean, for a girl that wears Roddy Piper's jacket that's supposed to be a big wrestling fan, I doubt she would be pissed that Stone Cold coming back to his home state of Texas right. would be the main segment. And uh, I would think that uh, maybe she... That's difficult, man. I think maybe she would have... She, she has, you know, she has all the time 
in her schedule to prepare for something like this. Mm, does she though? She had a kid before she came back. Hmm. Well, she also like that's her fault. Does the farming shit and the and the and the slaughtering of her cows and it's really psychotic. That's now. hot. I don't know. I saw her on a Gordon Ramsay YouTube thing where her and her husband were like, "Yeah, we loved this cow. We we raised this cow. We love it. Now we're gonna eat it." So yeah, now here it is. Here it is in slices. It's just like, God damn, that's fucking psychotic. You know? Could you imagine if you like? Oh, I love my dog. I love my dog to death. So here's some slabs of. Here's the point that. uh, (laughs) Here's some slabs of Ralphie. Mm, It's delicious. Ralphie is so delicious because I raised him with love. (laughs) I don't know. It's weird. Uh, It's the best way to raise a cow. I mean, I don't, I don't know. (laughs) Why don't you just slaughter the cow, sell it, and I'll eat it into Wendy's hamburger or some shit? Like, why does this? Oh, shit. See, when people do that, I start to, like, agree with PETA. Like, it's kind of sinister. No, well, We're that's the way we, we can get into discussion of the of the uh, cattle okay. industry. But so, so the Ronda match, very bland. Charlotte did what she could to make it entertaining, but they really got to rethink Ronda's position in the company. Because um, the Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch match. Do you think she just came in for WrestleMania? Is she going to be back? Oh, no. I've already seen her back on uh, SmackDown trying to get a rematch. It's, she's she's here for a considerable amount of time. The Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch title match, um, that was good. But it was predictable. I knew who was going to win. You all knew how, how I was going to win. Becky Lynch came out in a car. And Bianca Belair came out with a marching band. Who do you think is going to win that match, Chris? The girl with the marching band. <laughs> okay. Wrestle, good WrestleMania statistic. Anybody that comes out with a marching band, going to win that match. Oh, 100% wow. of the time. I'll remember that. Um, and then we get to the final segment of Saturday night, which was Kevin Owens and Stone Cold. And here's my biggest problem with WWE and, and WrestleMania. When your whole event, the biggest pop of the night, when, when everyone is out of their seats for a 57-year-old man. Now, granted, it is Stone Cold Steve Austin, but there's a problem in 2022 when Stone Cold Steve Austin carries your pay-per-view after being retired for 19 years. When he is the... When, when everyone's out of their seats, when everyone's finally into it, you know... I mean, people were into it, but like... Biggest draw of all times. Sure. Yeah. But, like, there's a difference between how people reacted to the matches when I went to WrestleMania 17, when I went to 25. There's a huge difference in, in the environment and the vibe. So, like, every match in WrestleMania 17, we were all on our feet. I don't think any of us sat down. How was the reactions uh, with the crowd while you were there? I think more people, I think, honestly, I think people were just excited because it was WrestleMania. Not really mesmerized the by the match spectacle, not quality. necessarily the matches. Yeah, not the spectacle, the, not uh, necessarily the quality. Right. Cause, and I was talking to the people around me because I didn't want to come into this podcast saying like, oh, everybody felt this when I didn't ask anybody. So I had two guys behind me, uh, Dan and Tyrell, from the Carolina, I want to say it was they were from South Carolina. Really cool dudes, uh, intelligent wrestling fans like I am, and you know they kind of felt the same way I did about everything. Like it was pretty lackluster up until Stone Cold. You know, I wanted to ask this kid next to me 
uh, this really weird kid that showed up alone wearing a mask, headphones, brought two title belts. Don't know why you would bring two. He was wearing a signed title belt. <laughs> and it's just like, dude. Oh, you got to love the marks, man. It's, it's like, dude, leave that at home. Like, I got a title belt, but I'm not going <laughs> to... I'm not going to walk around with it in public. I'm not going to wear two of them. It's just like, you know you got to defend that now. Like, is that what you're saying? Like, I got to fight you now? Is that? <laughs> all right. Um, but so he didn't look like he wanted to talk. He was all zoned. He was just sit. He would just sit there in Maybe silence. Maybe a little bit on the spectrum. Maybe. Maybe. Check his satellite service provider. I'm pretty sure it's spectrum. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but so... And, and, and so with the Austin came out, it was a segment, and then Kevin Owens says, I challenge you to a no-holds-barred match. Now, everybody thought we were just getting a regular match. Like, that's what that was going to turn into. No, it's turned into no-holds-barred. They battled throughout the stadium, and I'm going to be quite honest, Kevin Owens made Stone Cold look great, and Kevin Owens should get the next title run for um, for what he did for Stone Cold. Kevin Owens should get a little program as world champion because Austin looked like he was 20 years old again, and that was all Kevin Owens that did that. Um, Stunner, one, two, three, Stone Cold wins. And uh, and then we, and then, then I... W- Beer drinking. Be- oh, yeah, yeah, like 30 or 40 of them just flying everywhere. And then, um, you know, I had to walk around the stadium because I couldn't find... All Broken Skull IPAs, I saw that. Yep, too. yep, advertising his own beer. Well, why wouldn't he, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, I had to walk around the whole stadium because I couldn't find Miles or Zane. We've had Miles on the show, but I don't think we've had Zane. Finally met him at Texas Live. which And that was cool because the whole area has turned into... Now it's a big party. Now it's a big wrestling party. Right. So we went to this nightclub, the PBR club over there at Texas Live, and they're just playing nothing but wrestling music, which... You mean I mean the boys show up over there? Oh no, no! You and I both know. <laughs> you and I both know wrestlers have so much more to do <laughs> than to party with marks. You know. Right. Um. So the next day happens. I'm invited to tonight too. I decide like no, I'm not going go to go. Taking that. a pass because I didn't think there would be any Stone Cold. But again, night two, it's the same bullshit, same lame match quality, and guess who pops up to uh, stun Vince McMahon? Stone Cold. It's the biggest pop of the night. Of course. And it backs up my point. There's a fucking problem. And then Mr. McMahon, not knowing how to take a stunner anymore, kind of saddened me. Yeah. Like, you can squat a thousand pounds, but you can't, you can't take a stunner. Poor bastard. And then we get to the Brock Roman main event. How many times have we fucking seen that before? Going on, like, what, three WrestleManias now? Were you surprised at the outcome? No, I wasn't surprised at the outcome. I wasn't. You didn't think Brock was going to win it? No, absolutely Never not. Never thought that. No. No. In fact, I so I had seen The Rock's mom and wife uh, Saturday night. Because everybody that came from the back, friends and family or whatever... Or just wrestlers, apparently with Jeff Jarrett, wrestlers not on the card. They were just there. They had to walk past my section to get to their seat or to get to the lounge or whatever. So I had seen The Rock's mom 
And The Rock's wife passed by me Saturday night, uh-huh. and a friend told me he saw them there Sunday, so, so ex- I was expecting... So explain to me what the finish was with the Brock. Was it The Rock was involved? No, I was... See, here's the thing. I expected Roman to go over, and because I had seen The Rock's mom and The Rock's wife, at least I think it was her, his wife, I was expecting The Rock to come out, and then no, we... probably a shit ton of Hawaiians there. Lots of Hawaiians. There's hulas everywhere. Uh, <laughs> lays everywhere. Um, I expected The Rock to come out, and then we start the Rock-Roman feud... Sure. ...to lead into next year's WrestleMania at Los Angeles. That's how I would have done it, because you're already selling WrestleMania Los Angeles... If sure. ...if you end the previous... No, no, Roman just won. Um... You know, same th- same every- same thing happens every time Roman wins. He stands in the ring and he holds the belt, and Paul Heyman's there. You know, fucking being Paul. So Heyman. how uh, what happened with uh, st- with Stone Cold and uh, what match was he involved in? He was involved in the in the Pat McAfee, and I finally understand why people like Ma- Pat McAfee now. Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory with Vince McMahon and Theory's Corner. Pat McAfee beats Austin Theory. Vince McMahon comes in, challenges Pat McAfee to a match. Uh, uh, with the help of Austin Theory, Vince McMahon beats Pat McAfee. And then they're celebrating. Glass breaks. Stone Cold comes out. Stuns Austin Theory. Pretends to drink a beer with Vince McMahon. Stuns him, but then Vince McMahon forgot how to take the bump. It was really awkward. Like Stone Cold had to like pick him back up. Yeah, I saw and that. Like re, I saw that. reposition him, and it just fucking and shit the bed, didn't it? You just you have to go forward and either just go forward. It's one of the easiest bumps you can. It possibly really is, take. or you just land on your knees, and Vince just crumbled like an accordion, and it was just whatever. It was funny, and apparently Vince is having a good laugh about it. Uh, I read reports that Vince told everybody in creative. Well, you know, as long as I leave them with a laugh and a moment to enjoy, there's no problem with it. But sure. I was just like, if anybody else did that, you'd fucking fire You'd be them. pissed. Yeah. Right. Um, everybody on Creative thought it was a terrible idea for Vince to be involved in WrestleMania. And, and I read that over the weekend, and I thought that was fucking funny. Um, but yeah, no, that was the biggest pop of the night, though, was Stone Cold for night two. Biggest pop of the night was Stone sure. Cold coming out. That was it. And then, Bet they sold a shit ton of Austin 316 shirts. I have a Dallas 316 shirt. Do you? It's got the most Texas fuck skull on the back of it. Um, the only reason I have that is because Jay and I were sitting there uh, on Friday night, and they were like, oh, you know, fucking, you know, get it now, and you can just pick it up at the merch store. And we were like, yeah, let's just do that. And uh, we did that. And what you uh, purchase it on your phone, you and just, then yeah, do it on your phone. Then you go to the merch cool, stand that's and pick fucking, it up. Fucking what a great idea! Well, it is a good. <laughs> so, you still had no, to stand no, in line with all no, those no, fucking no, marks, didn't no, you? No, no. And I'm glad you. Cause <laughs> <laughs> so we get to the we get to the merch table, and the guy there is just so fucking annoyed and irritated. I can imagine. And we walk up. We walk up, and this guy is telling off this fan like, "You gotta wait." For the email that says when it's ready. And the guy goes, it is ready. It's right there. That's someone else's. Jesus. <laughs> so we were just like, here's our email that says it's ready. He was like, thank you guys for following instructions. I don't Jesus know. These Christ. people don't know how to read. And we were like, all right, well, we'll just be going now. <laughs> and so we sit down. And when we sit down, through, you know what? Throughout this awful 
SmackDown, Hall of Fame, whatever. We're sitting there, and I and I said to myself, how could this get any worse? And the guy in front of me pulls up his phone. It's the Ring of Honor Supercard feed that's happening over at Curtis Caldwell, and Samoa Joe has returned to Ring of Honor. <laughs> With a Tony Khan Holy announcement, shit. with Tony Khan announcing that he's also in AEW, and I'm like, Jay, we could have fucking been there. <laughs> <laughs> Just Samoa Joe coming back and kicking ass. Um, I watched Monday after Raw. Cody did his promo. Yeah, what 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 happened Monday night? Well, it was just the same. It was back back to your regularly scheduled shit show Monday night Raw. Bullshit. It that's what it was. It was just bullshit. Cody did a promo about his dad. Course. And that, I mean, that was the highlight. It was just, and I'm glad I don't have to watch WWE is, programming is, anymore. Is it gonna get any better? That's the question. No. Is it gonna get, <laughs> what is wrong? Here's the real question What is wrong with creative in WWE that it is not a pro wrestling show anymore? <sighs> it is spectacle, spectacle, spectacle. First of all, I don't like the fact that there's two nights of WrestleMania. I hate that shit. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I mean, it's a moneymaker. And, sure. And you've already got the building rented out, and everything's already set up. Sure. And the Hall of Fame is a big draw. And no, 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 no. We're not, I'm not talking about the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame's nice. Keep it the way it is. Two nights of WrestleMania. Sure. That means... And then did they come back and do... Uh, Monday Night Raw at Jerry World? At, no, 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 at uh, American Airlines Center. Okay, so they had to pack up everything. They had to pack up everything. What a pain there. in the ass. It sounds like it. Um, what, I, what I have But they probably with, couldn't draw enough people to fill that venue up for a Monday Night Raw. Oh, no, no, no. Everything was sold out all week. Well, I'm saying if they kept it in Jerry World. Oh no no they wouldn't they couldn't pack seventy thousand. Yeah, they was people were exhausted Bro, they're, they're lucky, by the, the whole weekend. <laughs> they're lucky they packed fifteen thousand for one <laughs> era. Marks had plane rides back to fucking South America and shit. And, and no, most of it is those travel packages, and most of the WrestleMania tickets were given to friends and family and press and everything. Like you know, and apparently they. They over-exaggerate on the number of people there. Of course they do. Night two, they said there were 77,000, and the screen said 78,000. So it's just like, well. So what they do, for anybody that doesn't know, they count every single person in the building, including the guy to selling your T-shirt, mm-hmm. and su- in- including the security guards, mm-hmm. including the uh, guys who are waiting to uh, back the 18-wheelers up mm-hmm. to load up. So every single, well, that's they count every they single person that. in that number. fucking number. They give that number a nice shine. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know, man. I Next time it comes to Dallas or Houston or whatever, if I'm offered a front row seat at ringside, I'll go. Other than that, I'm done. Well, I would like to see... <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking done, dude. I would like to see... Uh, I would like to see if for all of our... Fans that are listening, uh, that are fans of the podcast, uh, you know, we appreciate what you've done for us listening and uh, helping us get monetized. And, and, and uh, welcome and welcome and, the new fans via TikTok. Thank you to everybody on our TikTok at Counting Lights Podcast. Uh, two of our video, one of our videos is less than 400 away from 10,000 views. The other one is uh, just shy over 4,000 views. Uh, the TikTok videos from uh, the weekend, uh, the WrestleMania weekend's festivities, have gotten a great reaction. 
Um, and yeah, if you if you haven't followed us on TikTok, TikTok yet, go to our TikTok Counting Lights podcast and uh, see some things uh, that aren't on the show. There's more of a visual component. There you go to Counting Lights, and soon we'll have a YouTube, and we're gonna do some of these episodes in video. We were discussing that today. Um, now AEW, of course, is. Uh, are they As, responding to this uh, whole no, no, situation? No, no, you know, no. They did a good thing because every company moves in where WrestleMania is happening. Not AEW. They just went business as usual. Kept themselves away from it. Brought in Samoa Joe. Brought in uh, uh, Tony Storm, uh, uh, who is who left WWE because she didn't want a job to Sasha and Charlotte. They brought her in. They're getting the Owen Hart Cup going. Um, they just made a star out of Wheeler Yuta. He's got, he had this incredible match with John Moxley last night, and now he's just over, just over. They're 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 building their roster. That's the thing. It when Cody well, left, it didn't do a know, lot of damage. Yeah, that's the smart thing to do. Don't uh, you know? Don't uh, acknowledge the changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just get back to to. Business as usual, and 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 you know, I know that a lot of the folks that uh, you know have podcasts um, that work for AEW, like uh, I know Iron Anderson was here in Dallas, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know all the guys that work f- with um, Conrad Thompson, sure, and uh, Conrad Thompson works for like ten fucking people. He's got, he is a he's become a mogul in the podcasting industry. Oh, who fired someone? Ric Flair fired. Their, uh, uh, their Ric Flair fired their podcast assistant or whatever their podcast producer. Don't don't take any moves from Ric Flair there, but that was like a pretty public thing. <laughs> uh, I don't know what the circumstances were, but you know it's Ric Flair. Well, I I, I, I'm surprised that he hasn't uh, hooked up with uh, with uh, with Conrad Thompson again. You know him being part of the family and I've, all. I don't know, but uh, we got to meet these people and actually like ask them these questions. That's that's that would be nice. It would be, <laughs> it would be nice. Now we were supposed to go to the Texas Legends uh, convention and events brought on by World Class. Apparently, there was some situation. I don't know the situation. Uh, I think there was a dispute with the uh, venue. I don't, I don't and, know. And uh, that's the word that I've heard. And uh, it was literally canceled uh, about three days before. Uh, yeah, shitty, was shitty timing on the shitty cancel. Shitty timing, yeah. But you know what was what was good? And this was my biggest worry, that our friends on the show, uh, that biggest weekend of the year, and they're not having any work. Well, our friends found work. Because the wrestling community in Dallas is fucking amazing. And from what I heard, everybody... Uh, every local wrestler on the show got some work Good. on WrestleMania weekend. Um, maybe not everybody. I well, don't know. I, I, know like, that, I know that the guys with World Cl- World Class Revolution, I know they spend a lot of money flying guys in. They and do. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of out-of-pocket money. And I'm actually, we're having to actually do that uh, to fill some spots at our upcoming wrestling May event. May We're actually flying someone in from New York State and uh, for our main event. Oh, is it is it who I think it is? Um, I'll, I'll give you that information afterwards. Damn it! Why do you wait until? But uh, it's you know it's it's difficult. Listen, uh, the 
uh, independent wrestling in the state of Texas has never been better. And mm. really, it's never been better. It's never been bad. Well, it's never it's never been better across the United States now. Yeah, and I think uh, it. Uh, you know, I've had the conversation with you know Kit Carson, my tag team partner, and uh, that, I thought I was your uh, tag team. Partner. Uh, well, you are now, Dan. Uh, am I the third <laughs> member in Team Extreme? That's your. That's going to take a little work. Okay. Well, but uh, you know I, that if we would have had the opportunities that these independent wrestlers have. Nowadays, when we were in the business, yeah. we would have never left the independence. We'd have man. never. Just, I mean, we yeah, we would have never even like we'd have just been working all the fucking yeah. time, man. No, the industry's booming. It right is now. really it's booming. That's why if, if you haven't gone out and, and taken in a a local, yeah, now you got to be careful. Some of the shows are better than others. I mean, but sure. but. Yeah. You know, independent wrestling, live wrestling in general is different than what you see. Just like live stand-up is different than what you see on TV. And, you know, when you come to my shows, you know, some are better than others. Well, and mine too, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> I have ate some dicks lately. So. Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. Oh, oh. oh Chris Rock got danzied. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, old Danzy happened to Chris Rock. That's oh, terrible. Um, but no, if you're a WWE fan, if you only watch WWE, uh, cool. But go out and check out your local shows. Go and check out your local promotions happening around you because you never know when one of those guys is going to be. It's going to be the next. It's going to be the next. I remember uh, when we first met and you invited me to Denton. Uh, uh, for the XCW family reunion. There was Ricky Starks, and no one in the building knew who Ricky Starks was. And now he's on AEW. Now he's Team Taz, and he's the FDW champion. It's the same thing. Lance Archer was on that card, you know? And now look at Lance Archer. He's in AEW, too. And it was just like, wow, this is fucking... You never know who you're going to meet at these local promotions and who you're going to see and everything. So it's very important. Go out. Wrestling industry's booming. Be a part of it. Uh, I wanted to go check out some independent shows, and that's the one thing I do regret because I'm 34 years old and I just don't have the energy. I should have gone to see um, Low Key. He was one. He's one of my favorite independent wrestlers. He was wrestling over at the uh, Knights of Columbus, and and uh, Minoru Suzuki was on that card too. And I just didn't have the energy. I just didn't have the energy. You were wore out. I was worn out. It wore you out, man. No, and and. I, you know, and honestly, if I could go back and make the choice, I would have just gone to all the independent shows and fucking brought a recorder with me. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try and get out to some of these uh, more independent shows. Let's go I out to I'm, Los Angeles next year. Fuck Dude, that. No, okay. Well, I tried. You heard me, ladies fuck and gentlemen. Fuck that. I tried. If they send us a press kit, we'll go. <laughs> if they send us a press kit, right? Um, but yeah, I think this wraps up. Another episode, Chris. Do you yeah. have anything on your mind? Um, I will be uh, next Friday. I will be at uh, Bear Creek Bistro for a um, comedy show at Bear Bear. Uh, oh, look at you, Bear Creek Bistro, and uh, we that are going delicious. to be at uh, the Rose City Comedy Club uh, the 29th of yep. April, Tyler, and in Tyler, Texas, and. Uh, so that should be a, a really enjoyable show. And the and and together at the comedy arena, comedy July first and second in July. Um, I've got it. I've got some added shows. April seventeenth, 
I'll be making my return to Deep Ellum for the first time since before the pandemic. The last to time, Dallas Comedy Club. Dallas Comedy Club. Last time I performed there it was Dallas Comedy House, and it was Dallas Comedy House's eleventh birthday. Um, it is. Uh, I went. I was there last night. You were there I last night. Last night at a ten o'clock show, and uh, at uh, Tanked Trivia. Oh, the, I thought you were going to say and uh, Tanked. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. Uh, um, uh, they had a. They have some. Uh, Dallas Comedy Club has some really uh, fun ideas on some. Uh, different ways to do uh, comedy and, sure. and to get performers in front of a crowd. We had a really nice crowd last night. Uh, uh, we all did. Uh, we all had to answer trivia questions and the winner got to do a 10 minute set and I was the winner. I got to do a 10 minute set in front mm. of the crowd. And so it was really, really enjoyable. It's uh, the first time I've been back to the Dallas comedy club since before the pandemic yeah and uh the remodel is beautiful they've got an outside section did they have an ex- outside they had, section? They had it's a, really yeah. really nice i yeah. really enjoyed it i uh, met some really great folks saw a couple of comics that i knew and uh and spent some uh good time in front of a crowd last night so i, I recommend going and seeing dallas comedy club and checking out some of their shows and just come see me on easter sunday i'm jewish i got nothing to do Easter Sunday, <laughs> Dallas Comedy Club, uh, April 17th. And then in June, I don't have the exact date yet. June, I'll be at the truck yard in Dallas cool. for a show uh, benefiting firefighters. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'll That'll benefit be some firefighters. I actually will also be at the uh, Plano uh, House of Comedy uh, May 11th for Ye Old Comedy Show. Oh, and there you go. Uh, I'm going to be joining up with some of the. Uh, um, guys that uh, um, older folks in the uh, industry that uh, um, uh, um, it's gonna it's gonna be a great show. So uh, that hold be on, because this just became a competition now. So I'm whipping out all my <laughs> whipping out, I'm whipping out all my shows, motherfucker. You will not upstage oh, you me. Are sir. May fourth, uh, yeah, May fourth. You're gonna be at the Improv, right? Yeah, am I? Yeah, not- I gotta get better at this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, May the fourth be with you. Yeah, no. Uh, 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 so yeah, May fourth, uh, comedy of the dork side. It is. Uh, it's you know the reason we have it is for Star Wars Day. Eight o'clock at the Addison Improv. Very funny lineup right there. Uh, hey everybody in Houston, uh, May twelfth and thirteenth. I'll be at Rudyard's. May twelfth at seven thirty. May thirteenth at ten. And then uh, October 13th, 14th, and 15th, it's finally happening. Oh, and 16th. Uh, the Plano Comedy Festival, I was supposed to be on it last year. got canceled for COVID reasons. It's back. I'm on it. October. And I'm still waiting for that San Antonio date for us, Chris. Cool. Uh, so if you're in San Antonio, be on the lookout. We're going to be there at Blind Tiger Comedy Club. And start looking for graphics for our uh, wrestling show at uh, Oak Highlands Brewery in Dallas. May, that will 14th. Be May 14th. May, uh, guys, I'm going to be extremely tired on May 14th. I will You'll just, be up for it. I'll be We're hosting. We're yeah, no, hosting. I know. I know. It's just going to be a busy weekend because I got to travel. I got to travel with David Diaz. I don't know if you, you know, you know enough about David. Yep. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> And the music he listens to in the car. It's like, I'm in for Enya's whole album. <laughs> follow us on Twitter at Counting underscore Lights. Give us a like and follow on Facebook, facebook.com slash Counting Lights Podcast. Look us up on TikTok. 
uh, Counting Lights Podcast on TikTok. And send us an email if you'd like to. Podcast at gmail.com. Listen to us on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple every Monday. This is the Counting Lights Podcast. He's Chris Germany. That's Dan Danzig. And this is the Counting Lights Podcast where comedy and wrestling lock up.